This is John Lusk of Lusk Archery Adventures on YouTube, and you're listening to the Outdoor Adventures with Jason podcast. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Buck Fever Synthetics, the premier attractant company, making not only the finest whitetail synthetic attractants, but also scents for elk, moose, bear, and hog hunters. Use with Buck Fever's Vanishing Hunter to reduce your scent and see the difference. Put out Buck Fever year-round to have the animals coming in. It crystallizes in dry soil and reactivates with moisture, and it never spoils. It simply works. Go to BuckFeverUSA.com to see the full line of Buck Fever Synthetics. Make bucks hunt you. Proudly made in America. DTO Optics wants to be your optics provider. They offer rugged and dependable rifle scopes, binoculars, spotting scopes, and rangefinder options. You'll find big name quality optics at little name prices. DTO Optics is your value-based optics company providing awesome customer service, a 30-day love it or your money back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. Check out DTO Optics online at dtooptics.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Racks, offering the coolest bow hanger on the market. Display your bow with pride in your house, your garage, or anywhere you'd like. We carry most major brands while also offering a custom service if you have an idea or logo of your own that you'd like made into a hanger. Use them to display your traditional bow, compound bow, or even your crossbow. They also work great for hanging your hunting gear, your bags, or hats. Not to mention the design just looks plain awesome all by themselves. A Racks hanger makes for a great gift for that special hunter in your life. Go to RacksInc.com to see some of the available designs or contact us to discuss the custom hanger of your own. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason podcast, use the promo code PODCAST and get 15% off your first order. Racks, show off your passion. Altine's Taxidermy is your mid-Michigan taxidermist, conveniently located in Clarksville, Michigan. Lanny specializes in white-tailed deer and any other big-game animals you harvest. As a boutique taxidermy studio, you know who's doing your taxidermy work. Let Lanny Ross, owner of Taltine's Taxidermy Studio, show you why his motto, Preserving Memories, produces one-of-a-kind works of art for you. Reach Taltine's Taxidermy at 616-723-7970. Top 10% Deer Management is the premier land management company to help you see better deer on your property. Whether you have 10 acres or 10,000 acres, let a top 10% representative begin to help increase the correct deer habitat on your property. Go to top10percentdeermanagement.com for an introduction. Top 10% Deer Management. Manage. Hunt. Harvest. A family-owned business. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today I've got on Brad Luttrell. Brad is the founder, designer, creator of Go Wild, which is an app that is available on both the iPhone platform as well as the Android platform. That's really a great landing spot for hunters, anglers, outdoor people. It's not just limited. And I, I'm glad to have you on because I'd like to have you go a little more in depth on it. And so anyway, welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you very much. Appreciate you t- taking a minute to learn about Go Wild. I'll quickly say I didn't design it. My co-founder Donovan is the designer. Uh, I want to give him credit for for all of his hard work. I'm kind of the idea guy here, and I got a great team that's worked with me to get get it live. Yeah, it's it's really a great setup. Some nuances to learn, but they're not anything that's difficult. Once you get it and you learn the paths that are set up in there, it's actually very easy then to navigate through it. Right. Yeah, we took a lot of you know Donovan particularly took a lot of care to create some things new that could be better but it also doesn't totally evolve from things you might be used to if you've used a social media app but you know it's funny i'll I'll get into explaining what it is in a second for your request there but it's funny a lot of our audience has never used social media before and i know that sounds insane in 2019 but i mean i i message with literally hundreds of, of new members every week and uh, interact with them. We have they get all of them get a welcome message from me and some of the other team members. And when they reply back, I get to see what they think about the platform. And I cannot tell you the number of I wish I wish I'd kept track to tally to see what percentage of new people it is every week say that they've never had a social media platform before. So we're kind of like operating almost with, within like 2004 
you know, of people not understanding what an app mention is. So, so not only uh, we're having some people that are very familiar with social media, but we also have to keep in mind that a lot of our audience has never done this before. So it makes an interesting challenge nonetheless. Oh yeah. And that's really very surprising. I, I would have thought you said, well, we had a lot of people that had, you know, one of the other major platforms accounts and for whatever reason, closed it out, stopped using it and migrated over to this because it's obviously very hunter angler outdoors person friendly. Yeah. And you hit, you're hitting the nail on the head with why we even created the app. I mean, there's a lot going on within some of these major platforms where this content is being centered or it's being banned and and advertisers can't advertise hunting content or firearms or bows or knives, you know, it's, it's more and more broad reaching all the time. So we do get people, that's probably the most common response is that it's nice to have a place that I don't have to worry about that stuff. That's the most common uh, response, but, but we do have an interesting split. All right. I'll tell your audience what, what the heck we're talking about. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I think of, uh, I, I kind of like to think about go wild as, as a fire, you know, it's a campfire. So, so much of being human developed around these moments of campfires. Uh, we had language develop, hunts were celebrated, food was cooked and families congregated all around that. But today and how we communicate, we've kind of lost our spark, right? We, we have people that are interacting in a way that it's less human than ever before. How we communicate has changed. Like people are hanging out on Fortnite, and and a lot of this it's like you got to accept that with what the, what it is. And I won't say that social media has all been bad. Like there's a lot of things that you can celebrate. You know, tender moments of your kids or important milestones. So if you complete a marathon, you can share that with your friends. There's a lot of good that's come with this. But for certain audiences. Being hunters, you know, even anglers, uh, outdoors enthusiasts, sportsmen and women, you know, we're having our stories extinguished. You know, major platforms are not uh, catering to our interests in the same way that they have others. They're building functionality around commerce, but they're blocking commerce that's relevant to us. They're building in advertising efforts, but they're blocking our industry from advertising to us. So what happens is if, if a hunter wants to interact and they want to, to be able to use a social media platform. They don't have the commerce functionality, so they're going to go to Google and try to search for products. Now, commerce is blocked there, so they're going to have to go to somewhere else. And you just end up in this never-ending cycle of going to one platform to another and never having it actually cater to you because you're a hunter or because you're an angler. I've, I've met anglers who have had content deleted because they hunt, they fish for gar, and people didn't like that. Oh, that's not a, a bass. I don't I don't like that you killed that fish. You know, uh, we're seeing seeing this across the board. This bullying of of sportsmen and women. So go wild, create the really. Uh, we're trying to create the uh, closed loop system where you can come in and do all the other things that you can do on these other platforms, and we're building it to you. You know, we're creating activity tracking. So if you want to log your mileage on your hunt or your, you know, we're getting ready to, uh, to launch within fishing. You'll be able to walk, log how many miles you walked up a stream while you're fly fishing. And we really cater those activity tracking to, there's like over 40 activities you can track with the app. And then we're doing that on podcasts. You know, we actually cater to outdoor media. You can log and share what podcast you're listening to. You can log your trophy. So hunters can, hunters and anglers can log over 200 different species within our app and it saves your data it saves your photos you can pull this up easily so no more I'm, I, I don't know about you but i've had this happen a hundred times where i ask my buddy did you see my deer from last year and they, they have no idea like oh, i didn't see it so i'm trying to dig through my phone photos and i can't find them well now you can just pull up your go out profile boom it's right there and, and we're building in other functionality throughout this year that i can't quite get into yet but essentially to to build a place where, you know, not only do we have functionality for outdoors enthusiasts, it was built by outdoors enthusiasts. And, you know, we're excited about the outdoors and we understand that, you know, this industry has value. These people have value. One thing that's, I think, important, and I'll explain as I, after I ask this question is where are you guys located at? Yeah, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. So very Midwestern center of the country values for, I'm guessing, a lot of people that work there. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually from southeastern Kentucky, man. So I grew up like Appalachia. Interstate was an hour away. One of my co-founders grew up in like, you know, small town, Indiana. Uh, another one grew up in Owensboro, Kentucky, which is a pretty small town. And then uh, my co-founder Donovan grew up in, in Mount Washington, which is a very rural uh, area. It's it's a sub, not really a suburb. It's kind of like its own town. It's pretty far out from Louisville. It's about 30 minutes south. So none of us actually grew up in 
uh, any any large metropolitan area. I mean, until I was 18, I had hardly been to that many big cities. So we very much grew up in the outdoors and the woods. And, you know, I grew up riding, crashing ATVs, going hunting, fishing, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Where and exactly you said earlier, you know, we, with the fortnights and stuff, we have a all these big platforms that are out there now for social media are basically run out of Silicon Valley. So you've got That's this, right. you know, as as they've mentioned on many other shows and stuff, you've got this groupthink that it, it's almost all the same type of people. So they look at different things that they don't like or don't understand, and they just figure out ways to shut it down. Um, I, I can't tell you the number of videos you used to be able to watch on YouTube where a deer would get shot, they would follow the deer as it was bleeding out. And while I find it interesting, I can certainly understand others might not, but I, I find it interesting to say, look, how did the damage of that arrow work? What did it do? Did it really do the trick? Did they get full penetration or did they get a pass through? So from a hunter, you're learning from it. From a non-hunter, they see cruelty or the, the perception of cruelty. And then the person that posts the video could either get it shut down taken off the platform uh, if they were using it to to create a living they they lose any monetary gain it's really a skewed yep. system it is a skewed system and and you know you have a youtube demonetizes now firearm content so i understand where they what they think they're doing and i, I think they they believe their heart's in the right place but you now have a system that won't help people learn how to use guns more safely like that's that's what it, the byproduct of of deleting that kind of content is you know, you've, you now have de-incentivized people from creating educational content around firearms because they believe it's being misused. But it's such a fractional m- minority that actually would do that. And, and really, at the end of the day, it's kind of the old saying of, you know, if, if you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. It's not like that effort is going to keep anyone that has evil in their heart from doing any of this stuff anyways. Um, you're really just hurting the population that does want to learn how to do it more ethically and safely. Right. And, I, you know, as a father... When my kids were younger, they knew there was two rules. One was you never touch the guns. Mm-hmm. And two, if you want to see a gun, you ask me first. And as long as there's nothing, you know, we're not leaving or anything like that, I will get it out and show you the proper way to hold it, handle it. And I can also then make sure that it's cleared. There's no bullet near it, no bullet in it. And when they're two, three, five, whatever it is, A, they're, they're too small to actually fire the weapon for the most part. For the most part, there's exceptions. I know that. So don't write me in and blast me. <laughs> but what I really was more interested in doing is taking that mystery away from the, what it is. Yeah, I th- I, I've had a hard – I've tried to do that too. I've tried to uh, – t- I've, I've talked with people that, that, you know, now that I'm in Louisville, uh, Louisville is a, certainly different from where I grew up. And there's there's much more opposition to firearms in, in a, a bigger city like that than – than what I grew up around. So I would often get into arguments with people that I would have the same exact statement you said. I said, well, but if you grow up around this stuff, you learn how to use it and you learn how not to use it. And and maybe for kids, like I grew up, we had guns in, I don't know, two or three rooms in our house. Correct. And I'd never ever would pick one up uh, without my dad in the room. And, you know, I, my, my cousin's house, like the, you walked in and there was like five rifles and shotguns sitting by the door, you know, to, to conveniently pick up when they, when, when they go hunting. And my grandfather slept, literally slept with a, a 38 under his pillow until the day he died. Uh, it, it, I just was so familiar with this. And, you know, I've always maintained that the people that have the, even these accidents with kids, they, they aren't educating for one thing. And they're not storing properly. If you're not going to teach your kids, you need to you need to put the gun away and lock it up. And and you know they they don't do that, and that's where accidents happen. It's the same thing as you know um, to me an ATV. I rode four wheelers and and side by sides all my life, and any time we've ever flipped one, wrecked one, or anything, we were doing something stupid. Like right. you you kind of had that moment of knowing that we probably shouldn't be doing this, or you got that nervous laughter right before, right? So it's the same thing with firearms, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those, you know, it's kind of one of the reasons I've seen many people when they talked about lowering the voting age to 16. It's like everything we did at 16 was stupid. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that any of us survived past 16 in, in many cases is is a testament to human hardiness. Um, I think I was 16 until I was 23. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're older. <laughs> so we've got this great app. One of the things I really like about the app and this is not anything I've even told you, is when you log trophies, I was going in there to log a couple trophies, and that category 
didn't or doesn't exist. I haven't checked recently, but there's a great option right there that says, hey, are we missing something? Let us know. Yes. Suggest. Yeah, we added that because we were getting so many requests early. I mean, when we started with this, we had about 75 trophies and we were, and we still get a lot of requests for like really specific saltwater fish. That's usually mm-hmm. the most common. But every now and then, I mean, I, I will find out about trophy big game animals I've never heard of. And t- typically those are African. I'm, I haven't hunted Africa. Um, so I, I have like a very Americanized knowledge base of uh, African animals. Actually, it's increased insanely since we started Go Wild. But when we first started this thing, I was learning less. Like every week I was learning about <laughs> some new big game animal. So we added that functionality to make it a little bit easier so that people, instead of having to find out who's who's the founder and you know get in touch with them and all that, they, they now can easily just suggest it. Yep, and I, I thought that was fantastic. The other thing is I had an issue, which I later found out was entirely self-created, and I, I <laughs> learned how to actually correctly use the app so that the issue went away. But I emailed uh, the like the help email, the general email line, mm-hmm. and yeah. that was let's say a Saturday at two or three in the afternoon. Figured okay by Wednesday Thursday I'll get a response. <laughs> and I had worked at my company. I had worked on Sundays, but I was a, a minion answering emails for people that had questions on their accounts. So I happened to look at my email on a Sunday, and I'm like, oh wow, somebody responded. That's pretty cool. Well, then I looked at who had responded. It was like your CFO, or I can't think of what her name is right off the bat. Uh, Jen, she's chief marketing officer. Yeah, chief marketing, Jen. And I'm like, are you kidding? I think she was just on the podcast, too. So, yeah, you know, and then I'm like, this is not just artificial intelligence answering me back, because this lady's answered my questions. Yeah. So it was so cool, because she forwarded it then, and then Monday, one of your tech guys contacted me, and by the time he contacted me, I had figured out what I had done wrong. And that's another thing that's cool is there's some self, you can get in there and ask questions and other folks will tell you what's going on, how to do something. I have not had a bad experience on that app yet. You know, now I went to Africa, I harvested a giraffe. Many are going to like it, many are not going to like it. You post something like that on Facebook, you're going to get blasted. You post it on Go Wild and it's a completely different reaction. So the interesting thing about Go Wild is, you know, people ask me, what do you, how does the infighting happen within Go Wild? And they're talking about crossbows versus compound bows, or they're talking about you know, using air guns versus a shotgun for turkey hunting. You see all these arguments happening on other platforms. And on, on Go Wild, we don't really see a whole lot of that. Everybody has an understanding that we all kind of hunt and fish in our own way. And then, you know, we can we can enjoy this in a way that that is okay. that if I don't I don't do what you do. But the other thing that happens is the way our forums are set up, you're typically posting like if you posted about killing a giraffe, you probably put that in big game or or at the very least, it's in a hunting based trail. So people that follow that trail, which is a forum, they're already there because they support hunting. So you're it's not like, a you know, I've posted on my Instagram account. And I, I don't post really raw content from hunting on there, but I'll post something hunting related and I'll, I'll have people that I've known since college unfollow me on Instagram. Uh, you know, I can, I, I have like this little creepy app that it's, it's kind of interesting to see what content spurs people to unfollow you. And I've had people that I've had, um, you know, have known for 15 years unfollow me because of that content. And it's just interesting to see that happen elsewhere and then go wild instead of, uh, you know, people being mad at you for hunting that giraffe, they might say, hey, who's that? Who's the guy that I should reach out to? Or what was that like? You know, um, you know, I've heard uh, all these different stories about this. I'd love to hear it from you. And they're engaged in your story. And it's just far more intimate. Again, going back to that, those campfire tales, we replicate that, you know, the, the celebrations of the hunt and who you are and your, your values. That, that's what our platform does really well. I agree. So again, for the folks listening, they, if they've got an iPhone or a Android-based phone, they can go out to either of the app stores and download the Go Wild app. No cost to use it. No cost to download it. There's there's no fees you're going to find in there. Right. They go in. They can download this app. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I've used just really the hunting and the fishing portion of it. Mm-hmm. Once they get it downloaded, they create a profile. Then that profile is going to allow them to follow people and allow people to follow them. Yep. At that point, they can post pictures, they can write stories, they can create video content. There's now with the video content, is it carryover from YouTube or is it content that can yeah, be right held now, directly in? 
it's going to be both. So, uh, and I know this kind of surprises people that we don't have video uploads just yet. You know, video, uh, little known fact to people that aren't in the tech space, but video for social media apps is one of the biggest killers of a company. If you don't know what you're doing and not storing it correctly, a, a photo is a photo, right? Well, a second of video is 24 photos. So the storage amplifies insanely if you don't think through that properly. So, uh, you know, I know that's a criticism of us that we don't have video, but we're going to have it, I believe, probably within the next 30 days. We're really close on it. Uh, it might be 45. It's always, you never know with development. Uh, anytime I get a deadline, you got to expect it's probably 20% later than you you want to get it done just because something always comes up. But we're really close on getting that done. But you can post on YouTube right now. And when you share your link, we import it from there and we'll display it right there in the app. So people that actually YouTubers love that because they can hit their audience. Uh, they can hit. That's the cool thing about this is, yeah, you can have followers, but you don't need followers on Go Wild because if you post in the bass fishing trail, you're going to hit everybody that follows bass fishing. You know, there's tens of thousands of people that can see your content and interact with it. So, you know, for some people that might mean only 10 upvotes, but I mean, for some, I think, uh, Mike Larson posted, uh, I saw him posting about um, something today and within 24 hours, I think he had 20 comments and he's only got a couple hundred followers. Like it doesn't work like an Instagram. That's the hardest thing for people to understand is like your following doesn't matter. I've seen people that have 10 followers get 50 comments on a post. So, so the engagement works a little bit differently too, quite a bit differently really. But yeah, today upload your video link. We'll have a video for you coming in soon. Oh, fantastic. So, okay. So video is not there at the moment, but coming. And I can certainly understand mm -hmm. the storage and <laughs> it's crazy, man. I mean, you're talking, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars that you got to make sure you, you've got a, a business plan to handle that. Right. Exactly. So the other thing that you've done phenomenally well is good relationships with many of the outdoor vendors and they, for obvious reasons, like this platform because it is drawing in people that specifically want their products. What I've noticed is you do, geez, darn near, what, two, three drawings a month for different products, uh, whether it be one fishing or one a week. Yeah. Okay. And on top of that, and it's not just like, here's a set of fishing hooks or here's a, you know, here's yeah. an arrow puller. I was lucky and I happened to win about $300 in decoys between the two, the Jake fan decoy and the elk decoy. Oh, did you win? That's so funny. I forgot that you won uh, Killer Gear giveaway. Yep. Killer Gear. That's awesome. <laughs> and those things are sweet for anybody listening. Yeah, yes, they are. I, I got those. I was like, wow. And, and it was such a neat thing. It's probably not something I ever would have bought myself. But now that I have them and I've looked at them, a friend of mine, because I'm disabled and I can't go out in the mountains and hike and things of that nature, a friend of mine is going to take the elk decoy and use that in Colorado this fall. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I used the turkey decoy, and we had a, another turkey decoy out. So we decided that since the area was used to the first one, we didn't want to kind of put any bad juju out there, so we pulled the killer gear one in. But this fall, I'm going to try the, the Jake one out all by itself uh, to see because it's pretty sweet. You open that thing up, and, man, that turkey head pops out, the fans there. It's pretty darn yep. slick. Yeah, they are. They're really cool, man. Those, those are cool guys, too, that are running the company. You've got all those relationships or a lot of those relationships in place, which has really helped to pro propel you and, and make you just a really good spot to come and constantly be logging in and checking out. Yeah, what's funny is I didn't have any of those relationships when we started this thing. I mean, I had worked oh, really? in advertising. No, I had none, man. I, uh, I I had never worked a day in the outdoor industry. I don't think I'd ever had a client. I worked seven seven years in advertising agencies, and uh, I was a creative director at a digital ad agency. So we built websites, did digital ads. I did a ton of social media work. And, you know, I'm a passionate hunter. Like, I, I would take vacation time at deer season. Like, that, that was my thing. Uh, I'm not a good hunter, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm not like this accomplished big game hunter or anything. I'm still early in my journey, I feel. But I, I, what made me want to get into Go Wild or make Go Wild was that I saw that it was hard to learn. And I wanted to have a place where I could ask questions and get answers. So I started doing research on it. And I'm like, how is this not a thing? I mean, I'm seeing you, you and I kind of mentioned earlier, there's been some other people to try this. And everyone I found... I was like, this, this is it. This is what you can do. And so I, I thought, well, I've never built an app, but I've built hundreds of websites and uh, not me personally, but manage those products and manage the teams that do them. 
And this is something I'm passionate about. I've been trying to figure out what I wanted to do for my next phase of my career and decided to go after it through years of cold calling, cold emailing, um, showing up to events as a nobody, events like ATA and just walking up to booths and introducing myself. Uh, I've had mostly rejections. I mean, for every company that we earn a relationship with, that's probably 50 no's and that's or 50 non-responses or whatever it is. And you know, to me, that really is just indicative of our team's work ethic. And I'm not, not just me, but anybody, you know, you mentioned Jen earlier. I mean, she's a complete pit bull on getting people <laughs> to work with us. Once, once she finds out uh, a company and we can think through the value that we can give to them uh, as either an advertiser or some type of partner, you know, we're going to go full speed on that. And if I tell you I'll follow up in a week, I'm going to follow up in seven days and one hour. You know, it's like, and that's that's how this has happened. I mean, it literally knew no one. I knew no one in the outdoors industry and everything we have, we've built through sweat equity. Well, that's fantastic because I, I can certainly attest that for every, as you said, for every one yes, you got 50 no's. For every one yes that you got, they had 50 requests. Mm-hmm. So it's a very yep deep field as far as the people that are trying to get noticed for whatever that thing is they're doing to try to get noticed, whether it be TV, radio, podcasting, whatever. And now with the advent of YouTube, you've got the TV dollars have really started to get even that much more competitive because these YouTube hunters are in many cases coming on with very strong, loyal, deep followings. Yeah. And the numbers are provable. That's where they're killing TV. TV, and I'm just is no insult to TV show hosts. There's a lot of great TV content creators out there. You know, in this in this age of everything going digital, you've got to move with the times. And you know, as advertisers, speaking from an advertiser perspective, they don't like to hear things like, uh, "Well, you know, the network gets this much volume." You know, I want to know what your show does. And a lot of these. You know, TV shows, they don't know that because they're not the network and the network isn't providing that data to them. So we're in an interesting time. I don't think people realize like the the shift that is about to happen in, in outdoor TV. And, and you hit it on the head. I mean, these content creators are not only getting large volumes of views, they're, they're converting. I mean, when, when people advertise with them, they can drive traffic. And they can drive it directly in a way that TV's not doing. So, um, you know, I do believe there's some value to TV advertisements. It's something we've considered a couple of different times. We haven't gone with it yet. We believe in the value enough to keep evaluating these things when they come up. But times are shifting indeed. I mean, who would have thought? It's kind of funny. Like, I guarantee 10 years ago, very few people would have predicted that audio would be like radio. Like you and I are essentially doing a talk show right now. Correct. You know, nobody would have thought that that would have been the next big thing, but it came back. So, you know, there could be a resurgence of TV. Uh, it might get more competitive as, as these streaming services and bundles kind of like maybe it's kind of, it's kind of funny. It's almost like we're going back to cable programming. Like I don't know if you saw Disney just bought Hulu. Right. So now they own ESPN. They're creating their own app. So you know there's a bundle coming there. I'm like, we're going to be five years from now back where this all started in the first place. Yeah. But, but you know, things are shifting is my point. It, things are not – hunting industry is a little bit delayed to shift with on anything. I, that's been my biggest surprise is how far behind this industry is on digital and uh, some marketing opportunities. But it's going to happen, you know. Yeah, I had an interesting conversation with uh, some folks that have several different TV shows on the, the hunting channels. And – all of them, while they like producing their shows, they're very expensive to produce. There's huge budgets. And then they have to turn around and, and pay for the TV slot time. And, you know, if the better, the better the slots you want, the more expensive it is, which is really completely yeah. different than almost every other channel that I know of. It is, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, I think it's exclusive to the outdoors. I don't understand how we got into that model, but it, it is, it's tough for these TV show guys, man. Yeah, and one was, and for many of them, they used to lock their content up, uh, they being the network, and say, even though you've paid for it, you've paid for the airtime, we own the distribution rights for one year, three years, five years, and after that period elapses, you can then do whatever you want with it. But until then, it doesn't get shown on any network but ours, unless it's for promotional purposes to direct them back to our network. And right. it's really, it, I guess the lack of a better term, it's, it's a broken system. And, yep. 
you know, even my cable here that I have in my apartment doesn't include any of the hunting channels in the basic package. You have to pay to get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. The consumer has to pay to get access to a channel that the show producers have to pay to put their show on. It just, it's a squirrely system. And that's where it turns around and makes a YouTube, makes a go wild. And we haven't even touched upon the fact that once you, you know, if, if starting up a brand new company, creating a team, and doing all that wasn't enough, you decided to do it, throw your own podcast into the mix. <laughs> yeah, which sometimes I regret. I'm like, oh my God, I got to find, a, I get the podcast edited and everything. You know, we're, we're so busy right now. We're, we're traveling every other week until August. So it's just nonstop town and layering in a podcast, as you know, which is a, an incredible amount of work. Um, you know, it, it adds a lot of work volume to it. But I think the video to the, the really, my, my wrap up on, on where that's going, it's going to get disrupted. And I know YouTube is the future for a lot of things, but YouTube, as we well noted earlier, they're banning gun t- content. And there's, they, I, t- I tell you what, 2017, they blocked us from advertising there. And that was over almost two and a half years ago. Did they really? Uh, so, so yes, they did. So we got blocked on YouTube from advertising because the artificial intelligence that they use to scan the, the app store listing to make sure that we're, promoting you know they, they do this for a lot of different reasons and again i think a lot of it is uh well intended the with the the way they scan this uh you know they scan your website they're looking at way more than just your advertisement and they kept flagging us as animal cruelty so this was happening two and a half years ago you think artificial intelligence hasn't gotten better in two and a half years you get the leaps and bounds better every month so so now uh, you know, Instagram has announced that they're using artificial intelligence and machine learning to look at your content to scan for to see if you're an anti-vaxxer. Like that's something they're looking for now. Well, we know that they also are against hunting and firearms. So how long, if not already, until they're using the, that kind of um, technology to scan our content to de- to derank it, basically to push it down further and to get fewer views? You know, there's there's going to be this massive tipping point where the big four. Of, of all of you know the Facebook, Instagram, Google, and YouTube, when all of them flip a switch, and and it's just it's almost impossible to market or create content on these platforms, and we're running as quickly as we can to to be there to disrupt you know uh, this industry. It's going to be a flip, though. I mean, the whole industry is all in on Facebook and Instagram right now, but the, they're not getting the love back. And I consume a lot of your your podcast is one of the few that I listen to that's in the outdoor arena because I don't ever want them to really skew how I run my show. So uh, but, right. Well, thank you. Unlike a lot of other podcasts where, and this is not a knock against other ones. If you're a diehard bow hunter, you're probably going to migrate over to something like gritty bowmen. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be out there hiking the mountains. I physically can't do it. I go and I sit in a blind and have a good time. And if there's an animal a hundred yards away from me, that's a 200 point whitetail. If it doesn't come in front of me in the blind, it's as safe as if it was, you know, 30 miles away. So right. uh, that's how I hunt. That's just my choice. Everybody hunts their own way. And with that said, what I like about yours is you've covered the gamut. Um, you've had all sorts of interesting people on, and you don't have a conversation like, what's your favorite rifle? What's your favorite hunting method? What's mm-hmm. you, you're, you may cover those topics. Those might come up in the conversation, but like what I try to do, you do in that let's learn about the person. I'd rather know about Brad. I can go discover through these other specialized items, but let me learn about Brad or let me learn about whoever that happens to be on the show. Yeah, that's exactly how I approach it. I mean, to me, when when we decided to do that show, I said, okay, you got the Gritty Bowman, you got Cody Rich, you got, uh, you know, Steve Ranella, you got guys that are infinitely better at hunting and they're, they're, they're able to ask questions that I can't even think to ask. Uh, you know, I said earlier, like I like to hunt. I've killed a good amount of deer for, for me. You know, I'm happy with it. I've, I've killed turkeys, I, uh, squirrel, rabbit, duck, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm getting into more and more all the time, but I am not one of these guys that can talk the tactics like a Cody Rich can. So I didn't, and I didn't want to create a show. There's so much white noise. So I wanted to say, well, what am I good at? And how does it overlap with this industry to create a conversation that's nuanced? truly nuanced and the uh you know the thing i thought we could talk about is how the industry works and how how people got to be where they are you know those are more interesting personal narratives to me 
um I, I tell you what man i get burned out by hunting podcasts like i'll i'll burn them up it, coming into the season but i'm not a person like i can't listen to it all year long like i i'm not that person i i love i mean obviously i love the outdoors and i love hunting but i also love you know technology and i love learning about other things that are going on too so i consume audiobooks and i consume yes. other podcasts around you know artificial intelligence and machine learning and you know music and i, I love music so it's like i i have to get my other interest into but you know, I get I get my pretty heavy rotation when all I can think about the white-tailed deer at the, at the end of the year, and I start, uh, you know, this uh, that August September gets in there, and uh, you start burning up the meat eaters and wired to hunt Cody mm-hmm. Riches, and uh, I get there, but I knew I could c- create a show that would compete with them. Right, and uh, I'm like you, I enjoy hunting, but again, you're not gonna find me running through the mountains of Pakistan chasing blue sheep or, <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think those, there's some cool stories that come out of that stuff, though. Uh, uh, ben O'Brien's story about hallucinating and seeing a small child up in the mountains. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that was a cool story, man. Like, uh, uh, But I, I don't see myself as that kind of content creator. Right. So I haven't mentioned the name. It's it's Restless Native is your podcast. Yep. can be found on all the podcast platforms, whether it be – it can be found right on your app, Go Wild. It can be found yeah. on iTunes – Android, iHeartRadio, probably all of those that can be Spotify. I think it's on pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find it. Hey, if you don't find it at a place, like I had a guy one time, I didn't even, I think when I first started the podcast, I didn't even know about Podbean. I think he, this guy reached out and he's like, man, I would love to listen to it on here. And hey, we'll, we put it on Podbean. So if you, it's not on the place you typically listen, let us know, but it should be there. And on you mentioned on Go Wild. So we, uh, you, we don't have a podcast player at this time. I'm not saying we won't ever have one, but right now, if you search for Restless Native, you're going to find two different types of content you're going to find people logging time listening to the show um, so you can actually go on and when you post uh, just pull up the post you can actually find those a little clock at the bottom and you can tap that clock search for outdoor podcast and then you search for the podcast you listen to and you can actually log what show you listen to to be able to tell people uh, what you liked or agreed with or didn't agree with so you'll see a lot of po- people log in restless native there but then you'll also see posts from go wild every week we put up a, a post from go wild that's got the links to all those places that you can listen and then our website is just everrestless.com if anybody wants to find it but we've done some you know some fun shows and i even try to find people you know, I'm not as interested in just going through Joe Rogan's interview list and trying to get everybody he's ever talked to. I try to find people that maybe work for brands that you, big brands you know, but haven't heard of before. Like Scott Robinson is a founder at First Light, but there, there's two co-founders, but Scott had never been in the limelight before. He's the CFO, you know, he said he's the money guy. So he hadn't really had a lot of airtime, but he's an extreme athlete. He skis, he bikes, he kills elk, giant elk, and he loves to cook and awesome dude but he had never had a, been on a podcast before so i got uh did his first podcast we did i've done uh i did a three-hour show with cody rich and we talked about him you know cody never talks about himself and uh, his his audience their minds were blown about his background and all the stuff he used to do and um you know really finding interesting people from sometimes big brands and sometimes from you know i found a lady up that owns a farm up in canada and she only eats things that she can curate or, or process within, you know, five miles of her house. She's trading with other farmers. She's got this crazy, interesting lifestyle. So I'm trying to find people that are doing stuff maybe differently to open up my own mind and to really, you know, educate other people too. Yeah, that's what I like. And I'm with you. I try to look for people that, as you just said, that don't get the recognition because every other person's chasing that television star. Yeah, dude, and you know too. When you get into those a like, I, I, I listen. I think Remy Warren's a really cool guy, but like you start to hear a lot of the same narratives when you listen to the shows with him, or, or you know, Cameron Haynes has been on Joe Rogan how many times, and it's like it's the same show. Like unless there's a new thing that he's done, a lot of these things are going to be these these people that are they get to be that a list celebrity. They've got their stories down. They know what's entertaining, but a lot of these shows are the same. I mean, it's just hard. That's a fact. So I try to stay away from that, honestly. Yeah, I find that there's really good, interesting stories and relationships to be built with the folks that want press. But I can't tell you the number of times I've approached somebody for an interview and they're like, how do we do that? I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'd love to have you on because I'll watch a few of their YouTube videos and I'm like, 
this person's a character or they've got a great story or whatever the item is that they did that prompted me to gather some interest in them. Right. Flip side of that, I've, I've approached people that tell me, they'll say, well, how many downloads do you get? I'm like, this isn't going to pan out. <laughs> right. If that's the first question out of their, their mouth, I, I usually will pass uh, only yep. because I'm with you. I never know. Uh, it, it could do 50 downloads. It could do 5 million. I don't know. It all right. depends on what sparks somebody's interest. And I yep. literally had, I put a show out a while back, oh, I guess probably last year. And I said, I didn't even want to edit it. I didn't even want to release it. I said, this show is just not going to go anywhere. It's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. I edited it up and it was my number one show for that year. I've, I've had same experiences. Sometimes I'm like, really? That's the show that did gangbusters, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of funny. A lot of the shows that have done really well for us are my co-founders. I, they're, these are no-name guys in the outdoor industry, just like, like we all are. And I told you, we didn't have any connections. People don't know who we are. But uh, the, the Go Wild community, you know, for, for a product that you use, it's, I, I find myself digesting content for brands that I'm interested in. You know, Tesla is one for me. I will almost always listen to a podcast about Tesla because they're doing some of the most interesting work in the world right now. Exactly. You know, it, it, I'm going to listen to that no matter what. And I think we, we kind of get a little bit of that. Our, our community members will, will listen to those shows where they might skip over ones um, with brands that don't connect with them. I, I mean, people think that people listen to podcasts weekly. But I see huge swings, and I, I can't I can't really even pattern it. Sometimes I have somebody on, I'm like, this is going to be my best show ever, and it, you know, flatlines. I'm like, what in the world, you know? It's not a I, – I, I find it, honestly, the most helpful thing for me is just to not look at the numbers. I don't even care anymore. Yes, I, I – sometimes I'll have a guest ask me how did their show do, and I'll be like, well, I don't know. Let's look. And <laughs> And usually what I'll do is – I found I usually will provide them with the countries that it's downloaded in mm -hmm. because I, I like to say, here's the spread you, you got based around the world or wherever it went, but you just, you just never know. And that's what I really just love about this is the ability to draw in the audience. I, I had Cody rich on a couple of years ago. I really wanted to talk with him about custom ammunition making and manufacturing. Oh yeah. Uh, because that yep. was just the guy such, for that. Exactly. And Everybody is already talking to him about these great hunts he does, these wonderful hunts. But I really wanted to boil down, and it happened to be at the time he was moving from, was it Oregon to Montana or Washington? Yeah, he moved from Oregon to Montana. No, Oregon to Montana. A couple, I guess it was a couple years ago now. Yeah, and it was such an interesting story that he starts off in this mail-order oddball ammunition size and what mm -hmm. he's done with it. And I'm like, this is so cool because 30 years ago, you might have found a commercial in the back of a hunting magazine where you might have written that person and you might have gotten a letter back, but that would have been the extent of any type of communication. Uh, yep. Now, as you said, you delved into his whole background. I talked about custom ammunition, and he's covered hunting. People can know all sorts of stuff about Cody. Yep. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Uh, yeah, people should check that. I think that show is like episode 8 or 10 on mine. It's pretty early. No, it's not 8. It's like 10 or 12, somewhere in there. Um, if people want to go check that one out, it's a great show, though. Yeah, I've had episodes on where taxidermists, um, because I, I find it interesting. I don't have a board to report to to say, here's what the numbers are. Mm -hmm. So, And I think that's resonated with my listeners uh, as, they, as they grab these shows and listen to them and be able to digest this content that's, oh, maybe we don't like this taxidermist one. I'll shut it off and I'll wait for the next one or I'll listen to one from a week or two ago or I'll migrate over to Joe Rogan or I'll migrate over to an Adam Carolla or, or whoever, you know, or to your show, Restless Native. They can just migrate around because there's, what, 600,000 podcasts? If you can't find something to listen God, to. Who knows? Who knows? It's something about anything you want to learn about. That, that's, yeah, I will say I'll plug my app on how the podcast functionality is super cool because you can actually find new shows through that. Uh, it, you know, there's a whole trail of podcasts and people are just logging what they're listening to and you can move through it pretty quickly. You can look for the, the podcasts that have people have listed a, a long response of, you know, here are the things I didn't like about this show or I did disagree with or I agreed with or whatever it is. And I've found quite a few new shows or 
people even talking, they'll post a, a podcast and they'll talk about a book they've read or a scientific study that, you know, I, you wouldn't believe how many scientific studies I get sent to me from something stupid I said. People are like, actually, here's why you're wrong, and here's two scientific studies to prove that. You know, and I, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that dialogue that happens on our platform. You know, a, a listener to uh, a guy I met last year, and we've kind of stayed in touch through the Go Out app. He listens to the podcast, and he, he sent me a study recently, um, uh, which I actually ended up writing about for my Houston Safari article I just wrote for their magazine. But interesting study about how as we move to cities, it's scientifically proven that we empathize with the animals more. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is like it's, it's so fascinating to see the conversations that bubble up out of a show you listen to. You know, it, you can actually take it to a new dimension when you have conversations around this stuff on Go Out. Oh, yeah. And it's all long form. Mm-hmm. It's really allowing to delve into a topic. It's not a 30 second news story or a two minute article, um, which is all great. I, I want to go back to the app for a minute if we can. Yep. There's some cool stuff we haven't even touched on yet. One, I was completely unaware of this until I started messing around with the app the other day. There's functionality on there. So let's say you're an archer. You can go out and track how your shooting skills are going. Yep. And track, is there a, a, a large spread to the arrows you're shooting? How many did you shoot? Did you shoot, you know, were you grouping them? Like, did I fire two arrows this group, two arrows the next group, and two the third group, and they were half an inch apart, an inch, five inches, whatever? What was the distance? Uh, and, and so there's all sorts of stuff that I didn't even realize that was there, and I'm like, this is sweet. Yeah, and the the cool thing about the activity tracking is it caters to that specific activity. You know, we didn't just swap out a a logo and call it fishing activity tracking. Now, you know, it, it actually will cater to the way that you wanna you wanna use that. Same with those trophy logs I was talking about. They cater. If you log a bear, it's gonna ask you about stats that are only specific to that type of bear. Whereas if you log a um, you know a, a tuna or a, a shark, um, you know there there are gonna be things that whatever that you typically measure or like a, a ram, you know, a sheep, if you hunt those animals, we're going to cater to how those horns are going through those antlers are measured. So same thing with that take activity tracking with archery. What's cool about that is it puts it over a timeline and it tracks, you know, we saw, we noticed that people were sharing their archery sessions and they would upload it and put it under target practice and they would take pictures. They're always taking pictures of the bag that way they can remember how they shot well, we said, well, look, we could build that in on functionality. So we now have on your picture, it'll tell you how what your yardage was and your spread over top of that picture. So now, and you can actually save it. So that this is a cool thing to do. If you go in and tap into those photos and save it, uh, it should pull in your, your data for that specific picture for that shoot. So you can then share it elsewhere if you wanted to. Sweet. I bet some of my uh, community members that have been on the app a long time did not know they could do that. Well, and the other thing that I haven't, and... I, again, because of my limited mobility, I probably I don't know if I will take advantage of it. But talk about your compatibility with Garmin. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So Garmin, we 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 started working with Garmin last year to build an activity tracking. We we launched activity tracking in January on our app outside of the Garmin relationship, and then we built a hunting focused app with Garmin, and and it focuses on archery. Uh, hiking, scouting, and hunting. So the cool thing about this, it does everything I just told you about where you can track your mileage of your fly fishing, tracks your archery, but it adds in a couple features that are that can only be done with a wearable. And some of them can really only be done with a, uh, a device like a Garmin that has a supreme battery life, right? So, you know, Garmin's, uh, the, the watch I have on right now, it can get like 21 days of battery life uh, without a recharge. Or it's like, I think it's like 13 to 8, 13 to 15 hours of GPS activity straight. And, you know, and I, I think the Apple watch can do like maybe four or five, uh, GPS zaps most devices. So that was an appeal to us because, you know, if you're in the back country or even if you're just, you know, even whitetail hunting, if you're running a GPS for 13 hour sit, um, you know, it's nice to be able to have a device that can hold up to that. Uh, the second thing is, you know, if you're trying to not, you know, you, you don't want to have a lot of movement. So if you want to be able to track, um, and, and maybe log an animal sighting or something. You can do it with that device without having to get your phone out. It's right there, nice and easy that you can log that you saw something, and we're going to drop a little blip on your timeline that you can see later. 
the, the coolest thing is the heart rate. So this, this uh, few weeks ago, I went turkey hunting with my co-founder, Chris, and we were walking out. We had a, we had a late morning start. We, we had to get out there at like 7.30 instead of uh, 4.30 or 5.30, what we did the day before. And we're walking out and just casually kind of walking. It's a mile walk back to the blind. And Chris says, there's a turkey. And I look up, I pull out my binos, and there, sure enough, is a massive tom strutting with a hen. My heart rate, normally, what would you say to somebody? You'd say, hey, my heart went through the roof. I thought the turkey was going to be able to hear it from all the way over there. <laughs> but now I can say, hey, my heart rate jumped 50 beats per minute after I saw that heart, or that, that tom. It gives you a new level of data. And the coolest thing about this, when you go to my profile, I mean, anybody can look me up and scroll down. This is a few weeks ago. So today, it was probably like, uh, April 20th, if you look in there for the post, um, the, you can actually scroll through my timeline, see the jump, but the coolest thing we did on this, and we have a patent pending on the ability to do this. You can feel the phone through the phone's haptics. It'll vibrate at the rate at which my heart was beating at that second. So you can see on the timeline where I was walking and it's an anonymized map. So we are not giving up my hunting location. Any photos I took that day while walking around, it syncs it back up to that timeline. So, and, and we do that regardless of Garmin. The only thing, the only thing you can't do with the, the phone that you can do with Garmin is the heart rate and the battery life functionality um, for, for, for hunting and hiking. So it, it adds a tremendous amount of value though on, on the, the battery life and heart rate. It's just so cool to see, you know, my, what my heart rate actually jumped up to. And then later uh, I heard another Turkey and my heart rate jumped up again. So it's just really cool to go back and relive those hunts. Like I was actually showing my sister-in-law last night who gets the heebie-jeebies even thinking about shooting an animal, but even she thought it was cool to be able to see that and relive it. Um, and then the other thing we did with Garmin was the archery app, which it can detect when you shoot. So instead of having to log that you took a shot with a phone, which is still really easy, you can actually, it'll, the device will detect that there was a shot taken. So it's going to recognize the, the activity or the the motion or whatever it's picking up on yeah it's a variety of ways it does that but it, it will um essentially um it, it knows you took a shot so it counts them up and and for the most part we found it to be pretty accurate like i it rarely uh is fooled for me i think we've had if some, there's been some people that are uh, trying to wear it on a different wrist and it doesn't really work well you got to hold it on your bow hand um, and, and it was primarily designed right-handed. So we're working through some of those changes and adjustments, but, um, for the most part, man, I mean, it's, it's a really cool thing to, to do when you're shooting bow, we're getting ready to release a fishing app too, uh, on, on the Garmin devices and all of that functionality likewise will also be available on the go wild app. So all the, all your, your summer, summer fishing, you'll be able to track, um, in the same way to track your, uh, all your changes and even tracking elevation, which is interesting if you're in like a fly fishing scenario and you're popping up in and out of spots, right? You can kind of see you're hiking along the way. So you said the maps are private as far as not giving away any p specific waypoints? Yep. Yeah, we're not a mapping service. So we, we aren't trying to share with people where you were. We're trying to share your story. So more of like, hey, um, Brad just did a hike or a hunt and he hiked four miles today. So it's more of the data side of it but it's cool to see it on a timeline that's anonymized you know we we take off all the if there's any roads we take off all the road names and we're actually looking at reducing that down a little bit even more and kind of just a visual of, of what you hiked but um people are using it for snowmobiling you know they're logging how like i saw lynn hoffman logged like 50 miles on a snowmobile the other day so there's a lot of different ways people are using this it's pretty cool but it, it tracks your your stats and we're going to be adding in more stats this year that it pulls and how many can they use just about any Garmin watch or what what's the requirements or what is Garmin backing it up with as far as the the watch options so with the uh the the Garmin side it, it uses a map and it uses more data than some of the older watches do so um i think eventually we'll be able to scale it down to the Phoenix 5 which is the past generation of of Phoenixes right now it's just the Phoenix plus line so okay. Phoenix uh, 5S, 5S Plus, 5X Plus, I think are the world. And then it works on a Tactics Charlie, which is a um, more of a tactical watch that they created. There's a lot of hunters use that as well. Um, there's still a lot of people have those devices. Um, so so uh, you can use it if you have those. But if you don't have it, the cool thing about our integration with Garmin, so if you don't have a Phoenix 5X Plus, understood, right? That's cool. Like you can actually still log in to go wild 
And then uh, once you're in the Go Wild, you can sync up any Garmin account, so your Garmin Connect IQ account, and we can pull in. If, even if you're using like the Forerunner, which is a more of a competitor with like a Chronos, like it's like a running watch, but it doesn't have all the the bells and whistles of the you know the 5X Plus. Um, you can still log your runs. Uh, people, there's a guy that logs yoga. You know, it's like he was logging his skiing this uh, this. Uh, year and he's not using our app that we built for the device he's just using the garmin logging so you can still track your heart rate and all that cool stuff you know my dad just bought a, a vivo active which is like a three or four hundred dollar watch i think and and he can sync that up to his account and log his walks or his runs that's pretty cool so they've uh, garmin's really trusted you in the relationship by allowing that data to be exported to to the go wild yeah the, so the data is um it, it's imported over it. I won't get into the weeds on the technical relationship there, but essentially we pull that from their API and the user is, you know, providing that for themselves. So we're not really, you know, doing, doing anything to, to take Garmin's data. Like once that, that gets logged over through the bit file that the app creates, it's kind of the user's decision where they want to import it to. That's kind of how I would probably summarize that. Well, that's pretty cool. It's, it's really a neat integration. It's a neat option and it does something that uh, social media accounts, the more traditional, whether it be the Facebook, the Instagram, they don't even come close to doing anything like that. So no, there there are there are activity tracking apps that are out there, but nobody's catering. You know, this goes back to my story at the very beginning. You know, we as as technology has evolved, there's an as an audience, there's a pretty clear line drawn around sportsmen and women that tech companies are not going to. To, to build for this and they're also going to ban content that relates to it so likewise these cool technolo- technological evolutions that we're doing nobody else is doing that because of the reason you said earlier of hey most tech is being done in silicon valley how many hunters do you know that are living in silicon valley or the bay area and going out and and you know chasing elk in, in the fall you know it's not it's not really in that persona um i'm sure there are people that do it i've met people that do it but but in general um, there's a mindset there that doesn't really identify with his audience, and they're not catering to them in the way that we are. Years ago when I heard Mark Zuckerberg had gone out to do some hunting, I thought, okay, maybe they're really going to embrace this because it'd be a top-down yeah. item. And for whatever reason, he decided not to do it anymore. He doesn't talk about it publicly, but that really got just crushed on the on the Facebook side. Yeah, I wrote a uh, blog about eight years ago about how uh, activity tracking was going to change the outdoors. And when I, this is when I was in advertising. So I guess, uh, yeah, about eight years ago. And to me, it was so clear that these, this audience, which is so active and, and uh, always outdoors, and, and, you know, where better to do these activity tracking through your phone? I thought it was as clear as day that that's where it was going. What I didn't foresee at the time were the politics. You know, I told you I grew up in a different different mindset. And even then, even though I'd lived in, you know, three large cities by that point, I still hadn't been exposed to this, this West Coast mindset that we're, we're dealing with today that's dominating the technology. So, you know, it didn't go where I thought, but we're trying to get it there with Go Wild. Well, it's a fantastic app. For anybody that's listening, again, to, to find it, they would just simply go to the app store for their phone and type in Go Wild. And it's just, there's no space. It's Go Wild. No space. Yeah. I think it'll go either way if you do search for space, but you can also just go to downloadgowild.com and it'll take you right to our download page. You can hit if you have an Android or an iPhone and you can also find the Garmin app there. Um, but yeah, you can downloadgowild.com and, and it'll take you right there. Super easy. And you can be onboarded in the app in about a minute or less. Yeah. it's. I mean, for, to take it from somebody like me, it's very, very simple to navigate. It's fun to see the pictures uh, it's fun to interact with everybody that's on there, and it's been really a app that I downloaded. I kind of set it off to the side. It was one of those things where I said, oh, man, I don't have time to learn another app. Set it off to the side for a while and then picked it back up and was working with it, and I said, why did I set it back? This is far easier to, to navigate and use <laughs> than, I, than I originally thought. So don't let that idea of, oh, I don't want to learn something new. There's not really a steep learning curve to this. Yeah, and I tell you what, man, a lot of people will say, like, hey, I don't want to rebuild my following. I'm like, well, have you tried it yet? Because you might be surprised on what you get. The best thing you can do when you download Go Wild is to post an intro post, say, hey, I'm new here. I love to do these things and just watch the community at work. People get 
10 to 20 comments on every intro post they do because the community is so supportive. And then I see all the time. I, I, I saw this Turkey season. I'm going Turkey hunting tomorrow. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me with this thing. You know, they have something that they, they wanted to know how to do better or, Hey, the, it's been blowing uh, windy all night. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned that birds aren't going to be active. What do you all think? And then you go to bed and you wake up with 15 answers. You know, you can't do that on other platforms unless you got like this Cameron Haynes level of, of followers. Uh, so, so our platform for a regular Joe Schmo, me too. Like very rarely do I post on, on Go Wild and my Instagram account and Go Wild not outperform in terms of comments and actual meaningful engagement. So, and I'm talking real comments, not those stupid bots that follow up because you use some hashtags. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, I posted, a young lady posted a picture of, uh, she was in the Chesapeake Bay shooting, what do they call them? Like the, the little stingrays? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've heard of that. I've kind of seen a picture here or there. And I was just like, do you eat those? Because I really had no clue. It's completely foreign to me. And... Got a bunch of really great responses back. Yep, you eat them, you do it this way, you do it that. And I'm like, well, that's pretty sweet because I honestly had no clue if you used them for garden fertilizer or they were edible. And so it was really a good learning experience that, and I'll say this, you get out of it what you put into it. If you're active, you're going to find that the folks are very, very uh, helpful, friendly, uh, engaging, and you will get good responses that that whole theme of smart aleck responses doesn't really seem to exist it doesn't man i think we've had to ban like three people in two and a half years that's pretty good <laughs> oh yeah some of these places are banning three a second yeah oh more than that uh and, and they're having their their whole technological team is working on how to do it automatically so you know again i i hope people will join it i hope they'll they'll engage do, do that intro post and i guarantee you'll be hooked i mean you're going to see the value in the community it's a great community uh, I, I think of um, I give Dane Myers a shout out here. Uh, one of our first guys, like Dane, found out we 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 had an Instagram account a year before we launched the app, and Dane got to be uh, he found out we were from Kentucky, loved what we were doing, and he he texted me one night and he said this app is so much more than an app. It's 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 really a community, and I've made friendships that are going to last a lifetime. And that's what it is, man. It's like if you're into the outdoors, you're going to find people. I, just today I posted that I was excited to go fishing with the guy that I met a, through Go Wild. Me and him, uh, we went fishing last summer, and we're going to go fishing this summer again when I'm up there. And I got people on there like, dude, you got to talk to so-and-so's family. Uh, they hooked me up with a guide. I, I'm going up to fishing uh, or Lake Michigan this year too. You know, it's All of this is bubbling out of this community. People, I mean, their lives are being changed for the better from using Go Wild and that makes that to me like that makes it all worth it to get to see people seeing direct impact on on how they enjoy the outdoors. They're getting to do stuff they never would have done before because of people they met through the platform. Yeah, and I would say if somebody happens to stumble across this podcast that is not a hunter or fisher person but wants to be, this is the app for you. That's why we built it. This is the group of people that if you, I, I can't imagine if I got on that app and said. I've never hunted before. Could somebody help me? I'm in Indiana or wherever that you just wouldn't get people bending over backwards to to say not only with advice, but encouragement right. and assistance if they could provide it. So anybody listening can also go to the time to go wild.com, which is your website yep. and read a lot about items that are coming and your partnerships and news and if they type go wild into the google search engine or whatever their favorite search engine is they'll see articles that you've authored because you're part of and we didn't even get to touch on poma but there's all sorts of information out out there on you and and your story and the story of go wild that i'm very excited to be part of this and, and to watch where it goes Jason, thank you so much, man. I appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate the opportunity to to get into your platform and, and tell a little bit about it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I look forward to having you on again in the future. And Absolutely. Maybe it, maybe at Poma we'll sit down. There you go. As it, everything grows. So you have a great yep. afternoon, and I, I really appreciate your time. Yep, you as well. Come early spring, it's getting green Fish are on the bed Hear those turkeys gobble 
ringing in my head. The winter rides bass boat, here comes another year. Yeah, we command the outdoors round here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake. Flipping jigs in Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on Creek Bank Kick back a couple beers Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we Next year's doves until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. The fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we. Yeah, we, we command the outdoors. So grab your guns, shells, boys. Put on your camouflage. Cause we command the outdoors around here. We command the outdoors.